following is an excerpt of an interview with Dennis Rockhill and John Hill, co-founders of Proto Inc., a developing makerspace organization with a studio workshop on the third floor of Brown County Central Library in downtown Green Bay, Wisconsin. While touring the building with the library's executive director, Brian Simons, the Celebrate Library's staff was introduced to Proto Inc.'s co-founders and given a tour of the organization's workshop. This interview was recorded after the tour. This is John and Robin Boyles of Celebrate Libraries, producing another podcast in the New Ways to Dream series. Today, we're at Brown County Library speaking with co-founders of Proto Inc., John Hill and Dennis Rockhill. Thank Morning. You. Thank you very Morning. much for taking the time Morning. today. Dennis, what is Proto Inc. or Proto Green Bay, and what is your mission? Well, Proto is is a makerspace, or a youth-focused makerspace, uh, for the time being anyway. Okay. And uh, our, our mission is really to put tools and materials and space and, and community mentorship in the hands of youth, uh, uh, primarily in the STEAM or STEM area, um, get them using their hands, using tools, solving problems, and uh, learning through doing. Good. Did you approach the library? Did the library approach you? How did that come together? You were using space here on the third floor at Brown yeah, County Yeah, it was pretty serendipitous, actually. We, we attended um, a meeting of the Greater Green Bay Area STEM Network, right. which was um, going on for some time, and, and through that we met quite a few people. Um, and we met Sue Lagerman from the library, Good. who said, hey, we have this space that's going to be opening up um, pretty soon, and maybe that's something you guys might be interested in. We looked at it and waited a while. It, was, it wasn't, we weren't sure if that was the right space or not. And then in October of 2015, we wanted to run the, um, an event for the Global Cardboard Challenge, which mm -hmm. is put on by the Imagination Foundation. And we thought of the space, and we just approached them and asked. Right. And it went really well. Very, very successful. Good, good. Um, and then after, we said, hey, you know, we've got a lot of stuff still up there, and we'd like to keep it there and, and maybe <laughs> like do something else. Store our stuff in your yeah. library. <laughs> so we, we approached them with a new project, and we actually met in this very room on it. Oh, right. And at that, that time, um, you know, they, they kind of said, okay, well, great. What, then what after that, and what after that, and what after that? And basically, it just went from there. It was, it was a pretty simple process. Good. Um, how do you, uh, you're a nonprofit, how do you fund yourselves? Very slowly, for <laughs> sure. Um, we are, we're, we're new at running a business. Yes. We're new at running a nonprofit. Okay. Um, so John and I are, are learning the ropes as we go, and so we're, we're very slowly learning to look into and write grants. We're very slowly learning to um, put together a proper story and the proper materials to go out and ask people for sponsorship. Sure. Um, and then we we run a fair amount of projects that are sometimes charged for. So, oh, I see. Okay. Uh, we, we gain a little revenue through some of the projects that we run. I didn't mention your uh, your other partner's name, Tim, is it? Yes, Tim, Tim oh, Hornberger. Tim Hornberger, who wasn't able to attend today. Correct. Okay. So this space that you have now on the third floor here at uh, Central Library, you have uh, school groups coming in and, and, and taking part in workshops and things, or maybe you could uh, describe describe a typical, um, if not event, then a workshop, or I don't know what word you would use to 
right, to, right. to call it. But we're we're primarily project driven, right. so we we create. We're we're always looking at investigating, researching projects that are that are being published and, and shown on the web and shared. Um, and we try to find a way to incorporate some of those projects into our space so that. Um, you know, anybody can kind of walk in and, and start to engage right away with mm -hmm. kind of a, a preformed project that might get them moving quick enough, and then they can move on into more creative endeavors from from that point on. There's um, a there's a magazine maker. Is that mm -hmm. true? magazine? Is yeah. that do you get ideas from that? Is that oh what? yeah, uh, they they're kind of the hub of the maker movement, really, um, and. Uh, a lot of projects are, are listed and, and kind of at least outlined in Make Magazine with a link to like the full project, but instructables.com uh, is a huge just resource of, of different projects and people with all sorts of interests showing things. Um, you start looking through some of those and then you start following some of the websites of some of the people posting on there and pretty soon your project list and project library <laughs> expands to where you, you're probably never going to get to try all of them <laughs> but you want it's to. a good thing huh? project-based learning is is a um it's a pretty powerful force that's starting to gain some momentum in education that's that's really what proto is all about i mean it is being hands-on and it is about allowing yourself to go down a path that may have a dead end to it um, working with your hands, you, you brought up Edison, and um, you know one famous quote from Edison about inventing the light bulb is that you know I didn't fail that many times. I just found you know whatever the number was, I just found a thousand ways not to build the light bulb. Okay. Um, what was a t-shirt? Sorry, what was a t-shirt from uh, the makerspace in Minneapolis? Helping kids. Yeah. Fail since yeah. 1999 <laughs> right. or something like that. It's a kids uh, focus makerspace. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah, incredible place that we we aspire to quite a bit. Have you ever done anything with the? Um, you've got the new children's museum. You've got this whole revitalized. We haven't been up to Green Bay for a few years. Mm -hmm. You've got this whole revitalized uh, riverfront area, and I sure. noticed the you have a children's museum. Mm -hmm. Is there any? connection uh, with them there's some yeah we've done some programming in their space and we've we've collaborated with them here and there but really the the main part of that is through this greater green bay area stem network okay so they're a part of it we're a part of it okay. the einstein project really the library the, really the aim of that is to get all the groups that are involved in stem or steam education and um, bring them together and talk about okay we're doing this you guys are doing that let's not you know, start doing what you're doing, sure. you start doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Share the resources out there and, and provide the kids the best opportunities. It's rewarding to us, and you can see it being rewarding to them, and you can see the parents can see a change in the child too, which is which is incredible. Um, and when we were talking about failing or failing forward or, you know, a thousand ways not to build a light bulb, mm -hmm. it really revolves around the word grit. And it is really learning to have the tenacity to try and try again, maybe take on a challenge you didn't think you could take on before. But it, it's really that, that grit to problem solve and to get past a problem or, you know, understand that maybe I need to change my tactic or maybe even change my goal. So those are things that we're really you know, stressing as we're going through this with robotics teams and with, with kids doing different kinds of projects. You want to talk about um, 
the underwater the underwater contest. What was that? The underwater robotics contest was. Yeah, that, that was a sea perch program. Okay. It was an underwater ROV uh, project, and that was we had two teams of middle schoolers, um, and there were I, I think it ended up being four kids each team, but one just be, due to timing, one ended up being an all boys team, one ended up being an all girls team, and um, I know it was building from a kit, so. It was really a matter of following instructions more so than creating, you okay. know, something for that. But sure. when one of the teams got to move on to the national level competition, the challenge changed, and they had to rebuild the robot to that challenge. Mm -hmm. And that's where you really saw a lot of sparks flying and a lot of um, light bulbs going off, where they were really taking some creative ideas to change that underwater ROV to match the challenge they had to go down and compete with. And, and lots of times, it, it is the girls that have better focus. Okay, cool. um, I, I, do, I do notice that they, they plan a little more from what I, and I'm, very, I'm generalizing completely here, mm -hmm. so sure. it, it's definitely not any one individual fits any one mold, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, but it really is about sort of, there, there's more of a planning and a focusing process that goes on when we watch how the girls work. And the boys are just like, Take it, break it, find out how to fix it, and move on, you know? And it, it's really trying to help them find that middle ground and really work together on that because both are extremely valuable. And that's a very important part of what we like to do and what we like to see is have them work together. Because anybody can come in and do that focus, and I like to see that. There's kids that walk in, and this is their spot. They're in heaven. This is, I could sit here and do project after project. There's some kids that come in and are a little bit shyer about trying something. So we, you know, we try to provide options for everybody. But when, when we get them to work together and have to share their ideas and or try to communicate what they're trying to accomplish to another person, that's really for us where we're there learning, where we're excelling. Okay. Um, okay. That reminds me of a comment when we had a homeschool. A group come in and do they've been coming for quite a while now doing projects with us and the mom came back and uh, reported that the kids just loved it mm -hmm. a couple days later they, they were all talking about it and super excited and uh, she goes the one mom told her that the kids she goes she asked them what they learned that day and uh, the one smaller one I think she had to be like 10 she said mom we don't learn anything we <laughs> make stuff <laughs> you know and, and that's like one of the little moments you're just like amazing you know when they be like that and they're that happy and they, they think this is the greatest thing when they are learning you know simple things like that they're learning we do a, a toy take apart toy hacking session where kids can take apart toys and put them back together however they want or just look what's inside and we had two kids that uh, two like middle school age boys that really got into it and they actually wanted to take a plastic truck that had no motor in it mm -hmm. and make it motorized Great. and make it run. And they were actually able to do it. They took parts and, you know, kind of that same thing. Like mm -hmm. It's kind of like that old shed thing where let's take a piece from here and take a piece from there. Mm -hmm. We'll make this thing run. So. That's great. That's a good story. You talked about you're getting feedback from parents. How about from the business community? Because in a way, that, I mean, the kids are learning these things. They're learning electronics. They're learning design. They're learning all this stuff, which I suppose... As, the, as they grow and they decide what their careers are going to be, you know, they're developing some of these 
uh, skills. And can they, have you heard back from local businesses or corporations saying, yeah, this is a good thing. We're supporting this STEM makerspace. We're supporting it because these kids are then learning these skills that we can use uh, uh, in, in what we do and what we produce. Is there any feedback that way from uh, local businesses or Some, manufacturers? Yeah, I mean, we, we spent a lot of time, especially early on, um, making as many appointments as we could to talk to people and let them know what we were planning on doing and mm-hmm. seeing what they thought of it, shoot holes in our plan if they saw them. And, um, you know, they the, the story we're hearing the most around here is, hey, our workforce is aging. A lot of them will be retiring, and we don't really see where the placements are going to be coming from. Most of the students that have an aptitude for doing what we do here are moving out. You know, they, okay. they, they, they get educated. Leaving the Fox River Valley area. somewhere else, you know, the bigger cities, you know, Milwaukee or out of state or Madison or something, but not here. And um, so they, they, they see what we're doing as, as valuable for that. I don't know if the connection is there when we're talking really more youth-focused. I mean, our sweet spot is more in the middle school range. Um, we work with elementary, we work with high school students as well. And we're, we don't say that we're college prepping. We don't say that we're job training. It is we want them to get into high school with all their options open, you know, so that they, they don't shut anything off prematurely. So... I don't know if that's a message that, that hits area businesses okay. right square in the pain point, but we believe it does because, I mean, you're building that robustness and, and sort of that, that multitude of skills that are beyond just what they're doing with their hands, but how they think what they're doing with their hands. Um, we think that really kind of opens up the door to a whole bunch of kids really starting to get into the fields and into the line of thinking that they're going to really need moving on um, as these workers are retiring because it's, it's a different economy than, mm-hmm. than those workers grew up in. Yes. Yeah, rather than saying, I don't know how that works or that's too hard, you know, trying to encourage them to find out why that works that way. Okay, good. Jason. <clears throat> Uh, five. You mentioned five pillars, four or five pillars of what you're doing. You want to? Would you like to just uh, cover that uh, kind of briefly? Yeah. So the four the four main pillars that we were um, talking about, and then it was we were speaking with Brian. He added a fifth, and I think I'm going to stick with it. Um, you know, it is it is making or manufacturing or fabricating or mechanics. I guess mm-hmm. would all fit into one. Uh, electronics and coding and design. Uh, but that fifth one is the soft skill building, um, and that's really probably the most important one. That's sort of the underlying foundation of all of that, um, because it, are, are we training engineers or scientists or mathematicians? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but we are building people or skills in the people that that have the ability to solve the problems that any one of those types of, of disciplines would require. Um, they, they may go on and, and, you know, be a trash removal technician, but they're going to be thinking differently out on the job than, sure. than they are now. So I think they, the, the young man from uh, your sea perch team that uh, came in very bright, very intelligent, mm-hmm. um, but pretty shy and didn't know how to communicate his ideas and what he was trying to do, and slowly through the season, the sea perch season, you really saw him grow mm-hmm. to where he was interacting 
and talking and getting his ideas across. And you could see the other kids gravitate towards him because he was very bright, is very bright. So that was a neat, mm-hmm. Some neat example. Leadership development, too, mm-hmm. is part of it. Absolutely. Right. Good. Okay. Thank you. Um, those are the questions I have. Is there something you would like to add in closing? I, th- I think one thing that, that a lot of people who are still following us or watching us mm-hmm. from afar are wondering is, you know, when are you going to be a full-blown makerspace? When is it not just youth focus? When is it just a big makerspace? Mm-hmm. And, and that has to come with time. Um, Adults require more adult-like tools. Uh, those can get more sophisticated, which means more expensive and also means more dangerous. So um, this is just our center of gravity right now. It's what we know. It's what our passion is around. So we're, we're starting at youth and we're growing it from there. If it becomes a sustainable um, a sustainable entity that can take care of itself and take care of the people running it, then it can grow from there. And you know, as we're watching the library evolve, it really sure. kind of turns into, well, can it evolve in this space? All indications are that's entirely possible. Um, if, if the timing works together, then, then that's something. So, But if it's outside of the library, then the whole entity then has to support a building and has mm-hmm. to support all the utilities and has to support a whole lot more. So we're all for growing this makerspace into something a lot bigger and better that can serve all ages and it has always been in our vision it's just we had to focus on one vision and so we focused in on what what drives us the most and that's the youth aspect good and well played good okay well thank you very much for taking the time today I really appreciate it you've got a great project going on we enjoyed our tour and uh, best of luck with with all of it I really uh, feel that it's going to be very popular and will continue to grow thanks thank you you're welcome. So this is John and Robin Boyles of Celebrate Libraries with another podcast in the New Ways to Dream series. We've been speaking today with uh, Dennis Rockhill and John Hill, co-founders of Proto Inc. in Green Bay. Thank you very much. You bet. Yeah, thank you.